Welcome to the Traveling On Radio Show, your premier source for travel news and information, featuring your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Now, the Traveling On Radio Show. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today on the Traveling On Radio Show, the show that celebrates the responsible traveler. We're your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick, and we're coming to you from our studios right outside our nation's capital in Washington, D.C. On today's show, we will explore Southeast Alaska. If you really want to see the glaciers, bears, and whales in Alaska, small ship cruising is one of the best ways to do that. And we'll talk to the captain and crew of the Safari Explorer, a yacht in the fleet of the American Safari Cruise Line, to give you a window into the Alaskan frontier. And from there, for thousands of years, the Klingit people of Southeast Alaska have understood the true meaning of Thanksgiving. A Klingit leader joins us to share what his people are thankful for, an insight into the nature and spirit that binds his people to us all. And of course, if you love uh, to travel and you love small ship sailing and of culture, don't forget to join us. Connect with us on our social networks, Facebook and Twitter, and also sign up for our weekly travel deals and our newsletter on our website at travelnradio.com. That's travel n is a Nancy radio.com. Small ship cruising is a unique experience that everyone should have the opportunity to enjoy. And our trip to Alaska took us on board the luxury Safari Explorer, part of the American Safari Cruising Line. We sat down with our captain, Sean Mansky, to share what it's like to sail a ship, actually a yacht. A yacht, indeed, yeah. (laughs) In one of the most picturesque yet challenging places anywhere, southeast Alaska. For the last week, Ian and I have been traveling aboard this wonderful vessel called the American Safari Explorer, and we've been going through uh, areas in the southeast region of Alaska, including Glacier National Park, which is a World Heritage Site. And we're sitting here right now with the fine captain of this ship, Sean Mansky. And uh, Sean, I just wanted to welcome you to uh, the Traveling on Radio Show. Oh, well, thank you. It's been good to have you guys. Well, you know, there's there's a couple of things that have really impressed us about uh, this last week. One, the fluid itinerary. Uh, Two, just your kind of open policy with with passengers. You know, you maintained an open bridge. Um, You allowed passengers to go behind the bar and serve themselves, which, mind you, is a very dangerous thing to do, particularly with this crew that we've been traveling with. Tell us a little bit about what your priority is or what your interest is with regards to um, sharing the natural wonders of this region with your passengers? Um, You know, it's, well, concerning the bar, the open bar, just going to that, the only time it's got out of hand is when I actually saw a guest uh, behind the bar with other guests leaning backwards, pouring drinks down them. That was the only time. Was Uh, that this cruise? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, but all kidding aside, um, we do have like a, an open bridge policy on the Explorer. Actually, we have it on all our boats, and it's uh, it is something that keep, that is makes us unique. Um, we we try to you know we we like to have that kind of environment, uh, an intimate environment with the guests and the ship. And the ship is is the guest for the you know the the week that they're here. Um, and then traveling through Southeast Alaska, I mean. I don't know what to say. I don't think there's a, a, a 
more beautiful place in the world than this place. Well, I, I think one of the things that distinguishes perhaps the shot from large ship, small cruise ship, however you care to define it, um, is that what we've experienced actually this past week is an expedition. It is an expedition, and you know the nice thing is is that this is a beautiful boat. Uh, with nice amenities, you know, there's a hot tub, there's a sun. I think it has everything that people want in a in a in a cruise, but it's very casual. You know, it's a, it's it's dressed as you want. There's no formal type of uh, formal wear for dinner or anything like that. You know, you come as you are. You you guys come back from a from a hike. You know, wear your hiking boots or your rain pants. It doesn't matter. You know, there's a good chance you're gonna go back out anyway. And, and indeed, right now I'm sitting here with you in the wine library in flip-flops, and I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, you know, another thing that, that really impresses us about um, this vessel is your crew. All of you guys are quite young, um, but, you know, you're, you're also, what I found, everyone is very passionate about what, they're, what they do. You have two very fine expedition leaders uh, in uh, Kevin and Vanessa, and, um, you know, they're, they're very, very young people, um, but very knowledgeable and very passionate. And I, I would even go as far to say, you know, the Chef Mike and your pastry chef, Shelly, um, very passionate about what they do. Yeah, everyone takes a lot of pride in their work here. This this crew that you that we have on is is handpicked, literally handpicked. And if they haven't worked on boats before or not seasoned, then they know someone such as Logan. Uh, I'm sure you guys know Logan, one of our stewards, one of the greatest stewards um, on the boat. Is very very good friends with Danny, and Danny recommended him. So everyone comes highly recommended, comes seasoned. And, uh, you know, this is, this is kind of the place to be as far as the small cruise ship industry. This is kind of what I've worked for. And, and I know Danny and, and other people that have worked in this industry for a while. This is, this is it. This is the pinnacle of, of this industry. So we know we've got a good thing. And uh, not to brag, but we are good at our jobs. Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, you're quite skilled, uh, you know, as we, um, our last full day of, uh, of this week ventures, we went uh, through Endicott Arm and Dawes Glacier. You navigated very skillfully, I might add, some major pieces of ice work in the, <laughs> in the water. Tell, tell us a little bit about what we saw today, and, and then we'll, we'll perhaps talk about some of the other places that we visited this week. Today's an interesting day. It's it's the last day of the trip, and we always end the last day of the trip with Endicott Arm Day. It's a good 22-mile stretch, and at the end is a gorgeous active glacier that produces a lot of ice, puts a lot of ice in the water, and uh, it's going to be challenging. Uh, I'll tell you what, if when it's sunny here, it's windy, so we're dealing with that. And unfortunately, we weren't able to put you guys in the kayaks. That's, that's kind of the idea is to kayak and skip here. Um, we were able to put you guys in the skiffs. We, there was so much ice that we, we were pretty far from the glacier, but you guys got up pretty close in the smaller boats, which is also a nice thing to have. But uh, it's just a lot of fun. I think it's a, it's a really good way to end the trip. I think it's spectacular. Um, I can't really see a better way of ending the trip than, than Endicott Arm, Dawes Glacier. Absolutely. Now, Sean, one of the things that makes uh, the Safari Explorer and American Safari cruise lines is the fact that these are expeditions as we kind of pointed to and the uh, uh, 
the people who join you for a week get to experience everything from hiking to kayaking to going out on skiffs to to observing orcas and humpback whales to seeing walls of ice collapse right in front as as we experience today talk to us a little bit about those things and those aspects that make these cruises so special because when you're on a small ship you get a chance to see a lot of things up close and personal and with the expedition leaders you spend time with nature as we did we spent hours observing brown bears as they were on shore and and just that kind of intimacy give our listening audience a flavor of just how up close and personal you bring us to this this wonderful place and all of this fantastic wildlife. Yeah, you know, I think um, it, the, the trip kind of sort of consists of, for me, it consists of three things that I, I really want to show you. And what that is is whales, bears, and ice. And then, you know, we'll get other things mixed in there too, of course. I mean, we're lucky if we see a moose or if we see, uh, you know, wolves or, or whatnot, right? But those are kind of the three things that, I can pretty much really try to show you because we kind of know there's special places that we can go where they tend to be. Um, the whales, I mean, one of the great things we do is we put you guys in our, in our you know, 20-foot, 25-foot dibs and get you out amongst the whales, which I've, I've worked with a lot of other companies, and they don't do that. They, you do a lot of whale watching from the ship, and that's great too, but, I mean, if we have the chance to do it, we're going to do it, and it is a mind-blowing experience to be that close to those creatures i mean it it changes people's lives sometimes you know in fact i think you may have seen our skiff yesterday which was really encircled we were in in the midst of a circle of humpback whales which was i I mean i can't i there's nothing to describe it uh, how that experience made me feel i mean it was awesome i I, it's really indescribable yeah there's nothing like getting a little whale breath on you is there i don't know (laughs) if you guys smelled that but no it's it's a great experience and then you know, we had a, a morning uh, in Pavlov Harbor where we had anchored the night before. And the idea with Pavlov is it's it can be a very good bear spot because of uh, a fish ladder that's there. Um, everyone on the boat, which I can't tell you how, make, how happy it makes me, everyone on this boat saw bears. And not just a quick glimpse. I mean, it was a good... I, you know, I don't know, half hour to 45 minutes in a kayak or in the dibs. We, we, we offered both. And... Uh, I even went out. I mean, it was just, I was thrilled that day. I don't know if you guys could tell, but I was, that, that like made my trip to get everyone to just to be that close to bears and, and which not only bears, but their mom and cubs and, you know, another, uh, and these were brown bears. So this was, it was pretty fantastic. Yeah. In fact, I think Ian, weren't, we were only about maybe 20 feet, I'd say from, from one brown bear, wouldn't you say? We were pretty close and uh, we were there for several hours and we saw the evolution as the bears were, were basically in the middle of this uh, stream area and then as the tide rose that morning, they receded to the shoreline and it was just very powerful to see just to see how they lived within that short time span and just the microclimates we've experienced. We've had fog, we've had rain we haven't had snow, but we've pretty much experienced everything from wonderful, bright, sunny days, warm days, to downright parka-wearing days. That's that's also part of this experience that's going to just take you through all of the seasons and really touch every sensory experience one can have. It is, and it's interesting when everyone, you know, the first day of the trip, we get you guys together and we introduce the crew, and I always wonder the next day when we get you guys out doing something with, you know, in the conditions... Um, 
how everyone's going to react to that. You know what? I've never, everyone got off this boat. It was pouring rain and it was cold and, and everyone loved it. So um, if you come to Alaska, just, just bring the right stuff and you'll, you'll definitely, you know, you get to experience everything here. Sean, is there a best time to see the wildlife? I mean, we, we had such a rich experience this time, but I know your season runs from May until the end of September. When is your peak season? When is the best time to see what we what we saw? You know, it, it, it depends on what you're coming here for. If you're coming for the, the beautiful vistas and the landscape and, and scenery, then that's any time, you know, obviously. But the whales tend to come about um, June, late June, uh, they tend to they start arriving, and uh, they'll actually start leaving around the end of September. So any any time in there, and then the bears, you know, the bears are here. They are. Um, it, it really depends on when the fish start start heading up rivers, start heading up the rivers. But that's not to say you won't see bears uh, foraging along a, a intertidal zone. You know, they're not looking for salmon yet because there isn't any. But they're they're turning over rocks and looking for mussels and whatnot. But you know, it, people ask me that, and any time's good here in Alaska. I you know what, Alaska always delivers. It it has never. I've never had a bad trip, you know, and, 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 and what she'll give you is if she doesn't give you a, a too many whales, if you don't get enough whales, you're going to get a lot of something else, and that's just how she how it is here. You guys kind of had a nice mix this trip, which was great. You guys had, again, like Ian was saying, you had the, 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 the warm weather, the cold weather, the rain, the, the, the sunny days, the rainbows even, um, and you guys had a really nice mix, but, you know, anytime's good. Anytime. And speaking of rainbows, not only did we see kind of the rainbow that everyone expects to see with the Roy G. Biv colors, but we also saw for the first time a white rainbow, which was just extraordinary. These are the kinds of things that when you come to Alaska, if your mind is open, you will experience things that only the imagination can uh, foster. So that is one of the things that really makes this experience extraordinary. A couple of, uh, you know, going back to when we first boarded and, and all of you guys were, were waiting on the, uh, the dock to, to greet us. A couple of comments I heard from several people is, our captain is so young. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your train. And, and actually, I'll just back up. We didn't realize that the actual, the, the regular captain was on holiday camping right next to Dawes Glacier in this cold weather, which is a whole nother story. We'll have to talk to him about about that, Scotty. <laughs> um, but, and you're actually the first maid it, during, during normal weeks, and honestly, you did a stellar job. You're the best captain, bar none. But tell us, <laughs> tell us about, you know, for anyone in our listening audience who may aspire to, uh, to, to take the helm of a beautiful ship, a yacht like, uh, like uh, the American Safari, what's some of your training? What, what's your background? How did you prepare for this? You know, I, uh, I, I just started working on these smaller cruise ships, and there's quite a few of them out there. And a lot of them do Alaska. A lot of them do Mexico in the, in the winter. And I started as a deckhand. I, you, you didn't have to have any training or, or you know, wow. any formal training whatsoever. So um, I was able to work on smaller boats as a deckhand and got my sea time. And I just sat for the exams. So once you get enough sea time, you can go and sit for the exams. And they issue you a captain's license. That doesn't mean you're, mean you're a captain necessarily. It doesn't mean you, well, it doesn't mean you have the skills to be a captain, I guess. But you have the, uh, the government deems you uh, competent enough to at least pass the exam. So 
Um, but it took a long time. I've I've been in this business for nine years, nine or ten years, and uh, Scotty is a, he. This is Scotty's boat, the Safari Explorers' his boat. He's put his heart and soul in this boat, and he brought me over from another company that we used to work for, where he was also the captain. I was also his mate, so we're, we're good, very good friends, and. It's been a pleasure for me to step into his shoes this summer as captain. It's the first time I've gotten to do that, and uh, I've I've loved it. It's great to meet people like you guys. It's great to. It, it's a different environment being a captain, and it's a really different environment here at Safari. Being captain, you are, uh, you know, you're you're you need to do the safe boat handling and this and that, and safety is always an issue and. We are young. We are a young crew, but we I feel so confident in these guys and uh, and everyone's ability. And safety is always the number one issue here. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's just it's a great place, and I'm I'm just thankful to work here. This has been it's been a treat, and our summer's starting to wind down, and it's uh, I have mixed emotions about that because you never know where you're going to be next year if I'll be around. So to do this, if I'll have moved on, but, uh, and, and the same with all these guys, you know, this is kind of a seasonal thing right now for us. In fact, I was going to ask you what, what was next for you? Well, what's next, I think is we're for us, we're going to take this boat down to the Columbia river for a couple of trips, um, which will be exciting. We haven't done the river yet. And the river is for us, uh, for Scotty and I to navigate is a lot of fun. We've done it before, and it's a, it's a lot of locks and docks and whatnot. And for the guests, it's a uh, you know you go through a lot of the locks, which are engineering marbles, and then uh, it's a wine, it's a wine, a lot of wine uh, country and a lot of wine tasting, and it's a really neat trip. It's very relaxed. It's different than this in that there is no wildlife. I mean, there's not much wildlife obviously on the river, but there is um, there's a lot to do. You'd be surprised, and it's. I'd recommend it to anyone to at least give it a shot. Um, as for this boat, the plans for this boat is in 2011 to head down to Hawaii in the winter. So we would do Alaska in the summer and uh, and then Hawaii in the winter. That's the that's the big goal right now, and uh, we're working towards that. I mean, it's looking pretty good for for 2011. So. Well, I tell you, the Columbian River wine tasting cruise sounds awfully good to me, too. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Sean. Truly, it's been our pleasure to to spend this last week with you. And, you know, you got us to point A to B and back home, unfortunately, to Juneau. in 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 wonderful uh, wonderful shape, we're safe and sound, and we truly did have the trip of a lifetime. Thank you, guys. It's been great having you, and uh, come back and see us. It was really a, a lot of fun having you guys. When we return, we'll tell you what it's like to go on an Alaskan expedition with two of the expedition leaders on the Safari Explorer. We'll see you after this break. Where can you book all of your travel needs at the best price? Purchase the latest travel gear and get the most current and comprehensive travel news and information? Travelinon.com. That's travelin-on.com. Whether you're a seasoned traveler, novice, or whether you're planning a long trip or looking for a weekend getaway, travelinon.com has the tools to complete your travel plans. Go to travelinon.com. That's travelin-on.com. The traveler's best resource. Well, he moved early. That's going to draw the yellow flag. Offsides, number 72, five yards. Check out this fan leaving the game. He's headed straight up the middle and right into a sobriety checkpoint. Let's see how he handles it. 
No, officer. I haven't been drinking. I'm the designated driver. Upon further review, this fan made the right call by being a designated driver. Sign up to be the designated driver at the stadium and always buckle up. You could follow your favorite NFL team to the Super Bowl. Provided as a public service by the station and team coalition. This is the Travelin' On Radio Show, bringing you a world of travel news and information. Once again, let's join your hosts, Ian and Tanya Fitzpatrick. And welcome back to the Traveling On Radio Show, where your host, Ian and Tanya Fitzpatrick. One of the things that makes small ship cruising so special are the relationships and friendships it fosters. Our expedition leaders on the Safari Explorer gave us the chance to see and experience things we've never experienced before, from seeing whales and bears up close to seeing glaciers calve right before our very eyes. We sat down with Kevin Martin and Vanessa Franson of the Safari Explorer to share what it's like to go on an expedition in the Alaskan wilderness. We're now sitting here with our two favorite expedition leaders in the whole wide world, (laughs) Vanessa Franson and uh, Kevin Martin, who have been leading us on wonderful journeys this entire week. And oh my gosh, you guys, what richness we saw in nature. And Kevin, I know we spent a lot of time with you. We uh, were encircled by humpback whales. We saw the whole face of a glacier fall today. Is this unusual or is this kind of atypical for uh, what you generally experience week by week? Well, Tanya, thanks for having us here. It's always good. Uh, I think it's safe to say that there's always something really good to see here in southeast Alaska, especially if you see it by a small boat. And every time that we go out, I know that uh, Vanessa or I wouldn't be here if it weren't extremely good all the time. Every week's always a little bit different, but we can always count on something really fantastic like that happening. And is there anything out of the ordinary, Vanessa, that we saw this week? I mean, like, you know, again, I mentioned the humpback whales. I mean, tons of them yesterday. Um, the bears, which we had a chance to view for hours on end, which I understand is, you know, may not be uh, atypical. But is there anything that we experienced this week that kind of stands out in your mind as, a, as an expedition leader? Yeah, sometimes it's the the combination of factors. The bears were really fabulous this week, but the fact that we started out and it was sort of mildly rainy and suddenly it was this big bank of fog. So there was the river, there was the bears, and that's all you could see. And, you know, I've seen bears in that river before, but I've never seen them where we couldn't then see the big boat. And that was kind of exciting. You really feel like you're out in the wilderness and then that fog lifted and we had all the sun and out comes another bear and you kind of have this combination of things that'll never be duplicated even if even if you're there when the salmon run is happening even if you know that there's a mother with cubs that lives in this area you're not going to have this same same event so that was pretty cool um gosh the whales were incredible and it was it was our third day of sun this week which i was not expecting um (laughs) if you come in august it's there is potential for rain. If you come in July or June or May, there is potential for rain. And so to have those together was pretty cool. Talking to uh, Captain Sean, you know, this is an expedition uh, expedition cruise, and so um, the focus is really on finding wildlife and um, exploring nature at its best. What was your interest in uh, having us discover yesterday? I think the ultimate focus with... A lot of stuff that, that uh, I like to talk about is kind of dismantling some of the intimidation around 
things that are traditionally academic and abstract like geology or glaciology or evolution or, or these things and because um, it's just information that's available to anybody so that's the ultimate idea of what I was trying to communicate the other day and what we talked about specifically was the big picture of southeast Alaska's geology starting with the formation of the earth and all the way down to tearing up pieces of cardboard and smearing them with mascarpone cheese and, and oatmeal and, and honey and, and uh, watching a big melange of islands form that talks specifically about the rocks that we've been seeing and how those have formed and, and uh, tying it into the bigger picture of geology. And using it as a foundation, we have a lot of travelers that come on board and these people go all over the world. So having them potentially, if they would like to, put in their toolbox going to a new place and seeing the foundation uh, of the landscape as geologic and, and how that influences everything else from culture to to uh, biology there. Well, one of the things that comes through when you're on American Safari is the passion of the staff here and uh, the crew members here. And Vanessa, that passion comes through as well as Kevin for you, uh, whether it's uh, teaching the passengers who are on board uh, with you for a week on, on a cruise or just having fun. You find a way to combine both elements so that it, it, it keeps it fun, exciting, as well as educational. I'm curious, how do you keep it exciting and fresh each and every week, each and every cruise, Vanessa? I think, uh, thank you for that. <laughs> um, if, yeah, if it's not fun, we're, we're not doing something right. It's kind of, we, we really support each other in, in trying to make that fun. And that comes definitely from, from the top down, from our captains who are saying, hey, let's, let's stop here and do this, or swim call. I mean, and including in Alaska. We do a little more swimming in Mexico, but even up here we're going to have, sometimes we'll break out the rope swing. We try and keep it fun as, is, as it's fun for the passengers too, but also just interacting with new guests every week is for me probably the biggest way to keep things fresh you're always getting a different perspective um, a story from someone that you you wouldn't have known otherwise and just you know experiencing somebody's first whale through with them is sort of like seeing it yourself for the first time so that's that's key now, one of the big things about cruising this way, it's, it's free-form, it's improvisational, and it keeps you on edge. And I know that there have been occasions when we've been dining, breakfast, or lunch, 12 o'clock, whale sighting, and everyone gets up, and uh, they grab their cameras, and they uh, hit the deck, and uh, we, we could spend hours. Uh, and so that's a different experience. And, Kevin, talk to us a bit about that improvisational aspect of of what uh, the passengers experience on board well i think that's a big part of what keeps things fresh for all of us on board too is so being in idaho inlet again we've been there been several years since i've been there um now as far as things being free form with wildlife that's part of the experience and that's what we really relish and we'd be missing out on if we weren't if we had to keep things on schedules based around meals and port calls and everything, then we'd be missing out on a lot because we make sure to anchor every night so we're not motoring and missing anything that could be out in the water. So absolutely, we are, we're here to see what's here. And, and are you, do you experience any new surprises week by week? 
Absolutely. Oh, of course. <laughs> that's that's a big fun thing. And there are certain subtleties that you kind of you, you. I remember the first time I saw humpback whale. Uh, my my intrigue has only increased since then. So first time you see one, you don't know what you're seeing. You see a picture of one or a statue of one, uh, but then as things go on, you might, you know, ultimately you might recognize one. You might see similar behavior, how it's moving in the water, vocalizing that it's doing. You might see, uh, you know, if you're lucky enough to see an eye of one. This one eye looked a little different color. Why would that be? Or this one uh, moved funny. Or uh, those sorts of things, those nuances that you pick up on fog. I've just been really excited at the weird fog we've been had. It just makes everything spooky. And uh, I think that's a fantastic thing. The rain um, is a great thing to be out in. And when it's just pouring buckets, it's really good to put on your rain gear and just be out there in it. Um, Sunshine's always good. You never turn that down. But I think that the wild skies and the wild clouds that form from from, uh, all that moisture in the air, that's something that keeps things fresh for me, is always being in a different state of awe in the same place week after week at times. And I, I know just from our experience, and I, I know you guys have, um, uh, I don't want to say push the envelope, but you've gotten us closer to, to experience, different experiences like the glaciers today, the bears the other day. Um, but safety is paramount, I know that. Um, but I also um, want to ask you about sustainability practices. I know, Kevin, you mentioned yesterday that uh, you have to, there is some possibility, uh, that it is possible to research humpback whales, but you, uh, or to dive with humpback whales, but you need a to obtain a research permit. I'm not sure about Alaska, but at least in in, in Mexico, what are some of the safety or sustainability practices that you individually or you as a corporation uh, implement? I think one of the biggest things we try and do is just just before. Um is to reduce and to think ahead about how much we're going to need. Um, one of the big things that we use every week is is the food that we order, and we have to really think about it ahead about uh, who we have for guests, how many guests we have, what sort of special requests we might have, and our chefs have been really efficient about uh, it's one of the reasons they take orders the in the morning for, for the evening, which seems like kind of a, a long stretch, but rather than offering a huge array of options, they can offer a couple really good things and know ahead of time how much to prepare, and that's cut down a waste a lot. Um, waste that in Alaska it has to be barged out. So we try and think about how much we're offloading and how much uh, reduction would be the first step there. Um, there's other small steps within that, things like not carrying bottled water on board but providing reusable uh, containers for each guest and um, encouraging people to reuse their towels and things that many good hotels and, and lots of places are doing but that we try and make a common practice here. That's, that's probably one of the first things we do. And can you speak to, Kevin, a little bit about some of your animal conservation uh, practices or concerns? Well, I think there's a lot of places to go for information about that. and uh, We hit the books for what is the main cause of destruction for habitat, for uh, altering behavior. But a big teacher that you can get from being here in the field is observing the wildlife behavior. 
And one thing that we make sure to do is our activities don't uh, affect the behavior of, that, of the wildlife. So we've had this week with you some amazing wildlife experiences with bear that we were very close, and they didn't seem to care at all. No, that's what we like. We like to see that what we're getting as a window into a natural system, and whenever we step away from the window, it's still going on just like we left it. So uh, that's for as far as wildlife, I think that's a key thing that all of us on board and the crew are very keen to is observing wildlife and, and that we're not altering their behavior. And sometimes that, that means explaining to people um, why we can't go closer or why we're not going to make that animal get up and look at us or try and have a breach happen or something that, that even sounds silly in the describing, but when you're in the moment and you want to see something and it's just a little bit far away, can, can we get over there? Can we get over there? And people are excited and sometimes it's expressing that that's what's magic about this is we don't control it. It's coming up as near to us as, as it wants and as comfortable as the food provides and that we're just lucky to be here observing this. And, and you saw it more often than not, we are pretty close or the animal comes close to us and doesn't seem bothered, as Kevin was saying, which is, which is the beauty of it, that we can be here, that we can be seeing these things and not altering behavior or limiting their access to food or something like that. But sometimes that's, I, I think with all of um, the experiences up here, having sort of a free-form trip in some way ways is that it's a little bit of a giving up of the control that you realize this is a bigger picture this is a wild wild place and that we don't get to dictate when it happens and at what time and you see people really loosen up a little bit about that saying well it'll it'll happen if it does rather than when when will we see orca when will we see bear that's a nice change over the course of the week as well I agree, and I think, you know, I remarked to somebody um, when Ian and I were in South Africa, I mean, that was a very moving experience, but we were on a preserve, and, uh, you know, we viewed these wildlife in its natural element. We weren't on a paved road anywhere. We weren't driving through uh, unmarked trails, and I think that made it even more for me, spiritual. It was a very spiritual experience just to, to be out in nature in the middle of nowhere, which was wonderful, with no internet connectivity and uh, a blackout on news, and just to appreciate our natural environment. And uh, we thank you guys very much for sharing that with us, for sharing your your, your insights, uh, for educating us, and, uh, and creating a greater awareness uh, of, of this beautiful region of our country. And uh, incidentally, you both sharing your time with us this past week. When we come back, we are going to learn about the meaning of Thanksgiving from a Clinkic leader who will give us much to contemplate. We'll see you after this break. Making it green is making sure the air in your home is healthy for your family to breathe. Testing for radon is easy. Just call 866-730-GREEN. Make it green, green, green. A message from the US EPA. Where can you book all of your travel needs at the best price? Purchase the latest travel gear and get the most current and comprehensive travel news and information? Travelinon.com. That's travelin-on.com. Whether you're a seasoned traveler, novice, or whether you're planning a long trip, or looking for a weekend getaway, travelinon.com 
as the tools to complete your travel plans. Go to TravelInOn.com. That's TravelIn-On.com, the traveler's best resource. With great privilege comes great responsibility. Carter Fleming, Community Center Volunteer. The giving spirit is as passionate in the boomers today as it was in our 20s, and we as a generation can still impact our country. Lead, inspire, change the world again. Join thousands and find which volunteer opportunity is best for you. Call 1-800-424-8867 today or visit www.getinvolved.gov. This message is brought to you by the Corporation for National and Community Service on this station. Now, more of the Traveling On Radio Show. Welcome back to the Traveling On Radio Show with your host, Tanya Ian Fitzpatrick. For thousands of years, the Clinkett people have understood the meaning of Thanksgiving. Thank you and Clinkett is gonashi, and it is a word a special man, Clinkett leader, David Katzik, taught us is the source of life for his people. He shares his wisdom in spirit with us in song and word in this conversation. Thank you and thank you is a word that we say because what we receive was a gift. It wasn't something that we created. We didn't create the trees. We didn't create the fish. We didn't create the bear or the moose or the deer or the Rocky Mountain goat. We didn't create the ducks and the geese. We didn't create anything. So what we have here is a gift to us. And it's our responsibility to take care of it and to be grateful for it and to respect it. That's a Gunashchish. It's Gunashchish. And what it is, it's recognizing a gift that's been given. Mm-hmm. Acknowledging okay. the gift that's been given. Okay. Recognizing the gift giver. And really accepting the fact that it's a gift. It isn't something that we earned, that we had a right to. Right. It's okay. something that we were gifted and to us as a people, this is our culture, this is our world view. Mm-hmm. As a result of it, when people start coming into this area here because of the gold and because of the desire to uh, harvest the timber, mm-hmm. to, to harvest the salmon and the herring and the halibut and all the other resources of the sea, it was like having a nightmare happening because what was happening was the resources were just being funneled out as quickly and as fast as it could be done mm. and yeah. no respect for the resource was the was given it was we wanted that asset we want to take it we're going to use it and this is not to put anybody down mm. that's natural the natural tendency of a human being if they don't have the kind of checks and balance Mm -hmm. in their way of life. And so when we say it's a big, it's a big word.
We are speaking with David Katzik of the Schlingit people, the people who have defined the region we now know as Juneau. And David, as we have uh, had the opportunity to share with our audience uh, some of the stories about the Schlingit language and its its reverence for the past, its reverence for respect and how it builds character and builds people, I think that offers a a very interesting insight into your people and what they represent. And in some ways, it's almost counter to a lot of the values that we see and hear today in popular culture and Western culture. Talk to us about about these values and uh, the foundation that it lays for your people and how your people deal with the rest of the world in, in, a, in, a, in a highly modernized, mechanized, uh, ever-changing world? Well, the first, the very first thing, or the very first couple of things that I already mentioned was basically that we were to listen, to pay attention, to be still, to be quiet. And then we were told that we were very intelligent, that there wasn't anything that we couldn't learn, that there wasn't anything really impossible for us to learn. And then the next thing they would tell us, you're to respect yourself. You're to respect your family. You're to respect the environment. You're to respect the community. You're to live your life in respect of one another and all that you have that was gifted to you, that was given to you. And so the, 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 the test of respect was do you accept the fact that you should listen? Do you accept the fact that you're intelligent? Because if you respect yourself, then you're going to take responsibility for the intelligence that you have, as well as for the willingness to discipline yourself, to listen, to pay attention, and to be still. And then the next thing they would say to the the student, you are a human being. And human beings don't get intelligent just for themselves, but so that they can work together to help each other, to strengthen one another, to stand with one another, to compliment one another, to cheer for one another, to acknowledge what we're doing together and being able to interact with one another. Did we have differences? Yes. But as as it relates to coming to an agreement on what we were to do in life, respect required us to be able to be able to look at things very carefully and for us to be able to move along the lines with respect to what was best for us as a people, not for one particular group of people or or one particular class of people but for all and really in balance with the land and the earth that we inhabited that the land that our people v- feel very strongly about and we're no different than any people the blood of our ancestors run from Yakutat to Tlaquan and Haines Skagway Juno, or Tsantikahini, Akbay, Sitka, Angoon, Cake, Tenaki, 
Wrangell and Petersburg, Ketchikan, Saxman, Tlawak, and uh, Craig, and all the other communities on that island, they all have Tlingit names because people settled there. Mm -hmm. People settled on those lands. And one of the things I would like to have people know is that the things that were written about us by people who were funded by the government wrote things about us because the government was looking at taking over our land. So what are you going to say about the people that had that land? You're going to say they weren't educated? You're going to call them, um, what do they call, not, what do they call when a person travels around a, a Oh, vagabonds, gypsies? Huh? gypsies, gypsies, vagabonds, or people who just are never who never settle in one particular place. But I just gave gave you all the names of the Tlingit communities, with the exception of Wrangell. Even Ketchikan is a Tlingit name. Kitchkan is the name. What does that name mean? It means when the eagle catches a salmon. Very simple. Mm -hmm. If you live up here and you see an eagle catch a salmon, it's going to have a hard time trying to fly out of that water with that king, with that salmon because it's heavier than him. So what is he going to do? This is his wings. Wings are kitsch, khan, to roll. He's oh. going to have, the, have the, the fish in his claws. He can't let go because, because he's locked onto that. So he is going to roll ashore with his wings. So that's the, how the name Kitschan came huh. into being. Tlakwan, forever our land. Um, Tenaki, Tinake, the place where all the beautiful, expensive artifacts were sacrificed for the land. So the only reason why I say this is because sometimes people will read books mm -hmm that are written about us and I just caution them to to think about what things are being written and so um, I don't know if I've answered your your question but let me let me say this there's a comment that, that comment in your introductory remarks to the question that I that uh, you gave me you said we had it and it's past tense. I'm going to tell you both, and I want other people to hear this as well. We never lost it. Your people, your people have always had what was good to help us become who we are. Sometimes we just forget about that but we still have it in us. Because the elder would say, that goodness is still in you. It's our self-centeredness. It's our own self-will. It's our own stubbornness sometimes that prevent us from seeing the good. Think of people gave names you know why because they knew the gold they knew the blanket they knew the artifact wood mm -hmm. 
rot away, could be lost, could be sold, but a name will go on. Yakutat will still be Yakutat <laughs> long after I'm gone. So values, I think there's nothing wrong with with um, material gain. It just has to be done in balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just has to be done in balance. So. In, in sharing the stories that you've shared with us, one of the things that has become clear is, 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 is something about the sustainability of the Clinket people over several generations and for several centuries as we mark it on our Western time calendar. But there is something inherent in in what you said that it's always been there as it, that it is not past tense that there's a certain essence about who the people are that sustains them the richness of of their culture the richness of their contributions whether the outside world tends to know about it speak to us about about how that foundation and how that continues to persevere through each and every generation. Okay, well, first of all, when we talk to noble people, what we'll say is, Thank you, my precious father's kinsmen, the Kanachtedi tribe. That's what I'll say as a as a eagle. The next thing that I'll say is My mother's father's people. Precious people. Thank you so much. And the next one I'll say my mother's grandfather's people, the Tukdainton from the snail house. The other one that I mentioned, the Sukahadi, my grandfather, was from the Raven uh, Sakai house. The other one that I, that I mentioned was my father's people from the Raven whale, the Raven land otter, the Raven sentinel house the raven frog house and the raven um, land otter house and then my last important part of me is the 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 people the, the people from the frog house the frog clan I'm saying thank you and the reason I say that it's in me, those people's blood runs in my veins. I am here because of them. My DNA would show scientifically my relationship all the way down the line. So when I say that's in me, I'm saying the knowledge, the wisdom, the creativity, the imagination, the kindness, and the love, 
and the ability to forgive and the ability to cheer and to be excited about life is running through my veins right now, even as I'm speaking to you. And so even though I may not know that, you sitting here interviewing me and anybody else in here has that same same uh, fingerprint, if you please, in their life. You don't have to speak my language. You don't have to think like the way that I think because it's in in you. It just takes a little bit of time to think about it. And when you really start thinking about it, it will cause you to to be happy you'll laugh you'll cry if you're an emotional person you may get up and you may run you might even jump and that may seem contrary to the way people live today they do that when they see somebody come and run and do a a touchdown right Mm -hmm. (laughs) or or somebody make a an impossible shot on the basketball court And you know what? If the human being would make that little paradigm shift to begin to cheer for their children, to begin to cheer for themselves, when was the last time that you looked in the mirror and you said, way to go? When did you look in the mirror and say, you're special? On yet on yet you're precious. Those are really hard to do. You know why? Because society in this day and age makes it seem like you're weak mm-hmm. if you say those things. Here's the other thing. I was talking and telling a story about telling a story about how innocent type of things result in can result in death. And it was like a woman saved a bear, little baby cub bear for her grandchildren. And she was so happy. They were all happy. Make a long story short, she got it so her grandchildren could be really, really happy with the pet that they had. But in our culture, wild animals are not to be pets. That's not respecting it. What happened? It killed her grandchildren. She mourned. She wept. She was she grieved. No one knows how long. Finally she went to the place where her grandchildren were mauled and killed. And as she went there, she heard the rustle in the tall beech grass and realized the bear was coming. And she said, It's okay if it kills me. Oh, that thing killed my grandchildren. It's okay. I'm going to go there. So she kept walking. Make a long story short. When she turned to face the enemy, she started walking to face the enemy. She thought she was going to be killed. Instead of that, she felt the furry arms of that bear pick her up in, in its arms. And the, the woman had tears that she wept so much that it ended up with scabs. The, the salt in her eyes resulted in, 
an irritation and a scab. And it took on the back side, like the back of my 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 hand right here. It's have it's really like a brush. The bear wiped those scabs away. It didn't kill her and put her down. And so one of the things that I did was I asked the young kids. I said, what kind of bears do you have in your life? Mm -hmm. Something real innocent. What do you have that's really innocent? person raised his hand. All I do is play uh, computer games. Mm -hmm. And another one said, my brother has a problem with drugs. And another one raised their hand, and one that person stood up and said, my mom and my dad are alcoholics. And he began to cry, began to weep. In this program, strength sometimes can look at big, powerful, muscular, strong-willed individual. There was an effort to stop it, to my culture said to me, let him let it go. Real strength is facing yourself and realizing that that you need help. Mm-hmm. No more different than the woman who went and faced her bear. And I told the kids at the, at the session, that's facing your bear. Mm-hmm. And I told it's real strength when you as a man can cry. Because in this society, you look like a real wuss or a sissy if you cry. But it's okay to cry. Mm-hmm. It's all right to feel your pain. So that's the power of, our, of who we are today. That's what's coming. And I would like to say this. I'm composing a song. It's a new song. I don't know when it'll be done. But it goes like this. It goes, hey, 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 it says, the, the, the current is beginning to flow. The current is beginning to flow. The tide is coming in. The tide is coming in. The Tlingit knowledge is coming in. Tlingit knowledge is coming in. Hey, hey, ha, hey, hey, oh, ah, hey, ha, hey. That's just part of the song. And the next part will be who can stop the tide. It's flowing like the way love flows. It's flowing like the way kindness flows. Who can stop the tide? And who would want to stop the tide? So we're alive and well. And when I say what I'm saying, I'm not saying this boastfully because the seeds have been planted long ago. And so thank you for 
allowing me to say this. Be of good courage. Everything will work out the way it's supposed to work out. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you again for joining us today on the Traveling On Radio Show. And we look forward to connecting with you online on our social networks and certainly through our newsletter and weekly deals, which you can sign up for at our website, travelnradio.com. It's been a pleasure to share some travel time with you. Again, we're very thankful for this opportunity to spend yes, we are. this time with you. And we look forward to seeing you on the air again next week. Same time, same frequency. And until then, keep traveling on. Keep traveling on.